Right, you're listening to the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent, and I am joined here by Jason Wood. What is up, my friend? Not much. What do you know? Not much. I know that this episode is completely about the grind. That's Not right. the grind, but grind. Grind the grind. Right. That's what we're doing on this one. Right. And Grind is a band based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we're going to also play you a couple songs here coming up, and then we're going to get into a good... 45 50 minute interview with cj and dell guitarist and singer and dell also plays guitar as well and i don't know what do you think i mean what was your the first time we saw these guys was a few months ago we saw them opening for scattered hamlet that's right and what was your first impression seeing them live i was stoked i mean (laughs) you you never know what you're gonna get and i had heard this name a lot and uh I was just really, uh, I was floored. They sound good. Dale's got an insane voice with just some crazy power. Uh, Just riffs, uh, catchy stuff. Kind of like, you know, uh, it it was just, uh, it it was good all the way around. And I think they're a sound that kind of encapsulates the best things of, you know, hard rock and with the classic feel, with... uh, there's some real heavy tinges going on, uh, so this is a, a great, just a great definition of hard rock all the way around. Yeah, they combined a lot of different elements. We kind of get into that in the interview, and we were talking about them about that with them, you know, when we weren't recording as well. That yeah, it's kind of hard to describe their sound outside of just saying they're a hard rock band. Yeah, I, I wish some of that had you know we we'd hit record during some of that. Because that was some good conversation, uh, and it really kind of led to a really good talking about the definition of their sound. Uh, you know, we were talking about, I thought it was, you know, I said, okay, you know, for example, you had, back in the day, you had the, the best of the hair bands, and the best of the grunge bands coming, and the best of the heavy bands coming, and not that I want to harking back to that time period, but to me, they just felt like they had that kind of mix going with, uh, you know, all the, all the good styles coming together to, to form a cohesive thing. And, uh, to me, that's kind of what it was like. That's what it made me feel like. Yeah. And this, this first track we're going to play for you is brand new. They've, you know, they've got it up on reverb nation now where you can check it out. And it's, uh, it's a great representation because it's got all that stuff going on and it, it's called mirrors and it starts out with a, you know, just a, a clean twangy guitar, you know, reminiscent of that stuff. Like I told you, it's, you know, it reminded me of like the intro to bad seamstress blues by Cinderella, <laughs> yeah. that kind of sound, that bluesy hard rock, but also that, you know, swampy country thing. And you know, and then once it kicks in, you've got this kick-ass hard rock song with great guitar work and, like you said, just awesome vocals throughout. Definitely. It's just like what he said. They strive to be a clean, heavy band. And I can't... To me, that's perfect uh, way to describe it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, let's get right into this. This is a new song from Grind called Mirrors. Thank you. 
right, that was Mirrors from Grind. Brand new track. Find it on their Reverb Nation page. Search them. Just type in Grind. At least when I type it in, it's the first band that pops up. So That's right. Uh, get into this track. Uh, its balls are swinging heavy on this one. So uh, we know you're going to love it. Yeah, and it's awesome. It, you know, it gets stuck in your head. That's what you want. I think as a musician, you want people to be singing your song in their head after they hear it. Oh, and, for sure. You know, you're walking around, you know, singing mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just a, it's a great, you know, like I already said, just that great track that kind of blends all these styles together. And I dig the hell out of this. Yeah, it's a, a great tune. Well, they've also, uh, before they, they had these new songs, they had an EP out this past year. And... It has six songs on it. You can find that as well on Reverb Nation. You can hit up up on Facebook and buy one of these discs from them. Which is what it's, you should do. Yeah, it's definitely worth your money. And definitely check them out live if you have the chance. This uh, next song we're going to play is called Mr. Harvey. And we get into this a little bit in the in the interview. Which Mr. Harvey is about Paul Harvey. And I'm not going to really give you all the details on that. Because Dale does a good job. <laughs> But this is one I know jumped out to you the first time you heard it. Yeah, and, because, uh, like I said, when I first saw the title, Mr. Harvey, what I think of being from Oklahoma and, you know, being from that era where I can still remember the tail end of Paul Harvey, that's the first thing I thought of. And then the song starts out with his voice, ends with his voice. And so I immediately just went right to it and paid attention and perked up a little bit more than than usual uh, so uh, it was really cool it was a really cool concept and a really really cool message behind the song and uh, you know listen to this song and you'll hear the story about it in the interview if I were the devil
matter with the devil, I just keep right on doing what he's doing. There you go, Mr. Harvey. You can find that song on Reverb Nation and find it on the EP, like we said. Great track. I mean, these guys are full of them. They've got at least uh, seven, eight songs up now you can listen to, and we we talk about that. They're looking, you know, looking into getting a full album's worth, but in the meantime, they're knocking out these songs here and there, and it's awesome to hear you know, a band from this era that has this sound. I think, I can't remember if you said that on the podcast, if it was after we stopped recording, that there was a lot of, there was a, Tulsa's ripe with a lot of great metal bands, but when it comes to just that, that great hard rock sound, there's some good ones, but there's a lot less of them. Yeah. So, it's really cool, you know, that this band's together and doing what they're doing. And Yeah, it's a great way to stand out, and uh, um, we had fun chatting with them. We had a lot of fun. Uh, actually, and uh, they're just a good bunch of guys that know a lot about rock and roll, and they love talking about it, and they live it just like we do. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I had a blast, and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, hanging out with them again, seeing them live. So, uh, and I think that comes through in this interview. You can find uh, our previous episodes if this is your first time listening. We're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash Thunderdash Underground. We've got other great bands from this area like Driver and Dead Metal Society, Severmind, uh, Rocket Science. The list goes on and on. We've also got a lot of, you know, national acts like Crowbar and Warrant and The Obsessed, Miss May I. The list on that goes on and on. Oh, yeah. Pull it all up. We're at thethunderunderground.com. All the episodes are on there as well. We're always posting on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, YouTube as well. We've got a actually got a YouTube video up from an episode we did several months ago with the singer from Battlecross. You can check that out on SoundCloud or on YouTube, which is pretty cool. And speaking of YouTube, Grind has some videos up, and I know you got at least with the new song Mirrors. There's a kind of behind the scenes look at making that, and that's a really cool, a really cool idea. I think more bands should do so really dug watching that one yeah that was that was a fun one go look that up for sure yeah well let's just quit talking and let's get into this interview with cj and dell from grind ago but oh, on the cat yeah on the cat and then the, other than that we haven't really done anything we haven't tried yeah, to push we, anything just kind of new during the holidays and everything we didn't really we haven't really tried to push anything but the mirrors is, has the response been pretty good and a lot of people were kind of surprised because you know the intro yeah kind of starts out with the it's swingy yeah it's kind of well what we had in mind was like you're at the crossroads you know mm-hmm. you don't talk to scratch and that whole concept of of uh, the old blues Delta stuff, and uh, really was kind of the, the genesis of that idea that Dale had been kicking around, and so that's when we started that song. Uh, was really kind of the cornerstone of really where we wanted to go with that. But so people were a little surprised, and uh, which is cool for us because you don't want to always do the same things, kind of keep them guessing a little bit, add a little dynamics to some of the stuff that we're doing. But that song that the the reactions have been really good so far. 
Yeah, the last kiss, we haven't really played for anyone. Um, the other one that we did recently in the studio was uh, Maybe, right. uh, which is a little kind of grittier, grungier kind of song, more in line with, I think, what people have kind of come to expect you know, from us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that's how I was, because I, you know, everything I knew was based off of when I saw you guys at the at Downtown's Lounge, yeah. and it, it kind of gave me that, like you said, that kind of 90s feel, yeah. the grunginess, but yeah. also it's that hard rock bluesy at times but mm-hmm. that maybe thing just kind of shocked me whenever I, I mean I, I mean mirrors yeah shocked me when it started playing like I said that's what and that was that's really our movie. roots you yeah. know I mean, we both kind of came from backgrounds with a lot of the, the the classic rock and the blues influences and the the gospel and the country and and all that stuff so there's a little bit of all of that in there you know it kind of goes from the the swampy blues the delta blues to you know some you know, Led Zeppelin-y kind of rip and riff kind of stuff. So there's a little bit of everything there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I thought it was like a... It's funny you say that because there is... It's like this balls out, just it's soul, but mm-hmm. it's like with the heavy behind it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's just like, uh, I don't know, I've said it a million times on, on here, like just going for the throat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like real just wet and, and soaked, but it's like... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Do I sound dumb? I no, mean, you no, know no, what no, mean? not at all. But it's like... All. Tight it's, and heavy at the it's, same it's time. It's a compliment. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, uh, so talk about kind of how that comes together and where you got that from. The, the, key, to, the key to the sound was when when I met first met CJ was I wanted a band that was so clean that we would be the heaviest, cleanest band you've ever heard. So so when he joined the band, I was playing clean stuff at him and he was just like, come on, dude. He's like... <laughs> Let's rip it. And I'm like, all right. So I hit the fucking distortion pedal and we started playing and we started playing it dirty and then we worked it out from there. But that was still the key to be the cleanest, heaviest band you've heard. And that's what we worked on. Yeah. And that's what we still work on. That is our key to that. We're the cleanest, heaviest band you've heard. That that is that is a great way of putting it. That totally makes sense. That's awesome. And that's what we strive for. Yeah. Simple, 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 stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Kiss did it. So Kiss made best. Yeah, Kiss made millions off of it. <laughs> well, <there's>, yeah. <laughs> He's right. I mean, it was, the first time we jammed, it was uh, acoustic kind of stuff. And it was, it was like echoes of Marshall Tucker. And even in the stuff we play today, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Now, the distortion's turned up, and, and maybe there's some <laughs> some bend squeals and all that kind of stuff, And but uh, that's at the heart of what it is. It's that kind of a classic rock and just yeah. gritty, in-your-face kind of rock stuff, back when rock bands were rock bands and rock stars were rock stars. You know, it's kind of the thing that appealed to us always, at least to me. Those were my yeah, heroes. Yeah. And that's... You know, I didn't want the packaged... This is what you're supposed to like, or everything's perfect. Your makeup's just right. Your hair, you got your chains and all your armbands just right. You know, I like those sloppy, you know, bigger than life rock stars of, of the 70 kind of thing. And I think those echoes are in a lot of what we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can hear it for sure. Yeah, that's always been my favorite style. I mean, I love all kinds of rock and metal, but just straight up hard rock. Where it's like you said, clean, but it's also dirty as well, because mm-hmm. yeah. your vocals, you know, got a lot of attitude in them, yeah. but they're not. Well, he's Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we go on stage, I'm like, 
Dale, go be Godzilla. That's going to tear down Tokyo. All <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, hell yeah. You have to, man. They eat you up if you don't. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's a good, at this point, that's a good time to bring up the, it's kind of the cliche question, but it's a fun one, is influences. Who, who, who's you guys' favorite, you know, now or growing up or anything? Man, um, uh, I grew up playing music in, in church as a kid, but I remember my first time I fell in love with something. Uh, my stepdad played The Breeze by Leonard Skinner, and it just played over and over and over. And then he listened to Skinner, Marshall Tucker, the Almond Brothers, and those were my first love of music. And as I grew up, it was Guns N' Roses, Molly Crew, you know. And I like CJ said, I like the look, man. I like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll back in the day. I like the way it looked, you know. The package was awesome. It was like, don't you're not, you know, everything had what parental advisory on it. It was awesome. Explicit lyrics, you don't get that shit no more. <laughs> they don't even put it on the shelf, you know. Yeah. But um. The whole package and that that the the visual of it, the music was already there, and that was the biggest influence. You know, Michael Jackson, James Brown, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This just it, the simple, and that was what I was always into. Right on. Right on. Well, for me, growing up, my parents were they were they were old hippies, and <laughs> but they listened to a lot of the old uh, 60s rock, and then uh, then got into the Mot- you know, a lot of Motown, too, from their childhood, mm-hmm. and so that, that's what I heard, was the old Motown, and then the Rod Stewart's, and the Peter Frampton's, and Elton John, I mean, that's what I kind of cut my teeth on music, and, but for me, the first time I, like, wanted to pick up an instrument was, I caught a TV show one time, and this guy's playing a guitar, like, I'd never heard anything like it. It was Stevie Ray Vaughan on the Austin City Limits show, and he burned the place down. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. Whatever that is that he's doing, I want to yeah, do that. Man. Yeah. But then it didn't take too long to start thinking, I want to do that, but I want it louder and a little more aggressive. And, uh, you know, that kind of led into the getting into to, to Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin and getting into Eddie Van Halen and what Van Halen was doing at the time in the, in the late 80s, early I mean, late 70s, early 80s. So that's kind of the core of what started, I think, for me. My path of the Elvis. background and then where I wanted to go. Elvis did it for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how old were either of you when you first started playing? And well, for, well, I started a band or joined a band or whatever. My first time I showed any musical interest, I was probably seven or eight. and I, They got me a drum set, and I was terrible. It was, uh, I remember going to like this music store. We lived in Chicago at the time and I took drum lessons. They had all this, these kiss posters up on the wall and all that. And I kept thinking, you know, an ace man, he just always had, he might not be the greatest guitar player in the world, but ace is cool because he's ace Fraley. He was the highest one. He's just like, I don't care what you think. I'm ace Fraley. So he just always stood out to me, but I remember taking them drum lessons and pretty quickly realizing it wasn't for me. I was terrible. And uh, <laughs> at some point, I'm still terrible. Even today, I get behind the drums. It's pretty bad. But uh, I think seriously started kind of getting into guitar around 13, maybe 14, and that kind of thing. I remember going to a friend's house, and he could play. He was probably terrible. But to me, he was awesome, because no one I knew could play guitar like that. And he's playing, you know, 
Ozzy Osbourne stuff and, you know, Judas Priest stuff. And I'm going, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard, you know. <laughs> so probably around that time for me. It always starts around that 13, 14 year old. Yeah. 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 That's what happened for me. You slow down just enough. <laughs> yeah. You can like focus on something for an hour or two at a time around that age, it seems. Dude, the Guns N' Roses album, what was that, 88? At the time. At the time. 87. I was 14. And that's. I, my family all sang and played and. But uh, that was the first time. When I heard Sweet Child of Mine on the radio, yeah. that was it. Yeah. That's when I picked up the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I picked it up. And I from that, and that was it. Dude, when that album hit, it was like, you know, there's the whole L.A. thing going on. But when that one hit, you were like, oh, shit. Yeah, man. This is, it's what nasty. Is this? Something, I remember being, something up. Yeah, I remember yeah. being in high school, and there was always this one dude. And he always had a jam box. You remember the box that everyone carried around? Yeah. And that album would just be playing while everyone's just sitting outside on a lunch break time or whatever we had, but recess, whatever it's called. <laughs> but dude, that yeah, that album was my high school life. It was cool. Other than the Metallica Black. Yeah. That well, I don't know. For me that's awesome. That's like it too. So Yeah, that yeah, one came out like that, two years later. Yeah. Yeah. That that could start a whole other debate, <laughs> right? whole other episode. I know, you know? right? <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, that's my favorite album ever. Really? Yeah. Black Appetite. Oh, Appetite. Oh, okay. oh it's a it's a brilliant album, man. Oh, it's, it's, cra- it's crazy. Song. How, yeah. yeah, it's not a bad song. And I think they've played every song on the radio like more than once in regular rotation, which that doesn't ever happen. I'd like to hear right. Rocket Queen more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. True. True. We've heard Walking the Jungle <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to hear it again, too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. what was the what was the first band you were a part of? Or how old were you? First real band I was ever in was a metal band. It was called Euthanasia. And I was 17. We were together for a few years. We played nothing but Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer songs and... It was fun, you know. We had skinny jeans on and long hair, and it was fun. No one ever came and see us, but it was a good time. But was it before Megadeth's euthanasia? Yes, it was. We spelled it with an E. Yes, we spelled it with an E. Yes, pioneers. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was terrible. I'm sure. I didn't. I remember playing in the band, but I bet it was terrible to watch. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good time, man. It was a good time. Those early bands are fun, you know, because you're, you're just figuring it out and everyone's excited about, yeah. we get to make noise, you right. know, and we can actually play, you know, the song. and We'll play a yard sale for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the band I first started in was probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, and it was, uh, it was a lot of playing just house parties or like on the weekends, people would get together and hang out and, you know, we would basically jam but it was big practice is all it was and just play same thing a bunch of cover stuff what was the name Old of your Kiss band? songs well the first one I think it was called Rage that's an awesome name right? <laughs> Rage Rage yeah, Rage. yeah. yeah. Uh, but it totally was uh, nowadays it sounds like it'd be kind of like a metal band but it was totally cheeseball stuff but um, yeah 
it was good times back then, though. Everything was just exciting. Yeah. It was all new, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's fu- funny. <laughs> Great. So yeah. when you got here, was the first band you were in searching for Sanity? Uh-uh. Or- no, I know those guys, but no, I've not ever played. Oh, I thought you were in that band. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, I was out of music. You do your homework. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's cool. Those are cool guys. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I was. Uh, we, I was out of music for like eighteen years. Uh, just we were moving around the country, and you know, you know, raising a family, that kind of stuff, and just kind of took a break for a while. And um, when I got back in a couple of years ago, I actually answered an ad for a band that turned out to be Benny's Little Weasel. Yeah, cool local band, and uh, just kind of I wanted to play live like one more time, just to see, just to knock the rust off, see if I could do it again, and so that was the band that actually kind of got me back into playing, and then once I got into it, just kind of got excited about doing it again, and kind of rekindled, you know, those those uh, those sparks, and it's been it's been a ride ever since. So, and then Dale and I started putting talking about putting together a rock band yeah so so how did that come about like well we knew each i mean we had seen each other in town i mean it's not the bands cross paths in town he was an old man i was in benny's and he he could tell you a story about the first time he saw me play he's like who's that ball guy there (laughs) you know but uh, <laughs> we just kind of crossed paths and, and uh, you know, kind of being friendly, kind of hanging out a little bit. And then we both landed at Rock, Oklahoma, 2014 or 13. I guess it was 14. Yeah, it'd be 14. And uh, ended up having campsites right next to each other. We were playing with at the Axis stage and hung out all, all weekend and really kind of became friends that weekend and saw that we had a lot of the same common interests and talking about Fleetwood Mac and Marshall Tucker and it's like that was kind of the birth of what grind came to be yeah really started that weekend cool I should have been prepared with something <laughs> yeah we got our notes yeah. our... <laughs> well, so when you when you guys got together and like did you already did either of you already have music and your, you know like songs prepared or anything yeah. For other projects or just for yourself or did you just start writing together? Yeah, well, I had had some songs that I had been sitting on for a while and it was just, it was never the right pairing of people in the same room to make the right sound. And uh, so I had had some material I was sitting on and when these guys walked in the room, it was there. It was, it was there. So writing the new stuff that I was wanting to write and then what they brought in, it was just easy. So, but yeah, I had already had a, 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 an idea of how I wanted us to sound. And when they walked in the room, they were like, that's how we're supposed to sound, you know? And, yeah. and they just jumped on it and that's it. I mean, we can't be a sound without, it takes all of us. So, and that's, that's the cool thing about this band. Nobody's fighting for a sound it just it takes happens. A, yeah it just happens man there's yeah. there's magic there it's weird it's 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 hard to find but it happened and i i had we'd reached a point with with benny's where it was time to start writing and i had a lot of stuff i i wanted to do writing wise and it just you know sometimes you're it's you're working too hard to make it work and it just wasn't there it wasn't right for their sound 
And so, you know, when Dale and I got together, he had some of that stuff kind of queued up. I had some ideas queued up. So it happened pretty fast where we had a lot of material to work through pretty quickly. Um, and then we, we got to, to where we started writing together. Uh, a couple of the Freak Show was actually the first song that we wrote, you know, co-wrote together. And then Mr. Harvey was, was the next one. So pretty early on, we saw that the, 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 the writing was going to go pretty easy. I mean, it was, it was really effortlessly. Hey, I got a riff. What do you got? You got an idea? And being you know? full of shit doesn't, yeah. doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. Well, now that you're a couple years into it, is, is that how you guys do everything, just write together? Or is it still well, just we, bringing ideas together? We, we, yeah, yeah. We, uh, uh, Last Kiss, you know, you, we brought, we were talking about that earlier. That was one of the songs I had been setting on for a long time, and I brought it in, and and the guys killed it. But uh, Mirror and Maybe is new stuff, and it 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 went exactly that way. But um, Mirrors was a different song. It was fucking weird. Um, it's one of the times that I'm just jamming a riff, and everybody's like, "What is that?" Why are we Why are it, we playing that song? Yeah, it kind of became its own it just, thing, you know. We just kind of chased it and went with it. But um, normally, you know, CJ comes in with a riff, or I come in with a riff, and we just sit there and hammer it out till it's right before we even bring it to the band. But uh, these last two, they've just kind of like grew heads of their own and wrote themselves. It's been kind of yeah, nice. I think early on we kind of had everything kind of written structure wise and then, then when, when Jerry and and Brian came in they kind of helped round it out and Brian changes like I may think a riff's going to go a certain way in cadence but when the drum his drum style is so unique a lot of times it'll change it'll drive that riff to kind of you know accent different parts so yeah, Brian's he's a, a big part of yeah. the, the final product and the sound and then JD's got you know, a real groove bottom end that really rounds everything out. There's not any holes there. So um, the first couple songs and early on, we really kind of went to them with a the structure. The last couple things we've kind of done just in the jam room. And it's a completely different experience. In some ways, one's easier than the other. You know, one's easier to, to get through. It's more efficient for me because I like to, to, to come with something ready rather than wade through all the mess of, you know, the creation of four people going different directions. But we got some cool products out of doing that. So I think as we go forward, we're actually talking about getting together this weekend and, and working on the next round. We'll probably do a blend of the two approaches. Okay. Well, uh, talk about Mr. Harvey, because I, I thought that was a great song. And, you know, when I saw the title, I immediately thought of Paul Harvey. Mm-hmm. And then it starts out with those sound, ends with those sound bites. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always loved those when I was a kid. I loved hearing his voice. So, yeah. I mean, just talk about that. How'd that come about? Because I, I dug that one. Somebody messaged me that on Facebook, that little soundbite, that Paul Harvey clip of the 19, uh, uh, when he, he did that in 65. And I listened to it. And when I heard it the first time, dude, it like, it literally like took my breath away. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit balls. And I just listened to it and listened to it and listened to it and listened to it. And I was just like, holy crap. 
And I came to him about it, and he was just like, man, I don't know about a concept song. And I was just like, dude, I it's can't. It's like our second song. I'm like, I cannot get this out of my head. I can't get this out of my head. It's kind of ambitious for song two. But. But, but, but the way I approached it was is, is, is that I believe that back in the day, people who told the truth were called prophets. Mr. Harvey was so. I believe that that story needs to be rolled over and done again. And I was just trying to prolong the truth for Mr. Harvey because I was blown away by it. It just inspired me, and I thought it was beautiful. And if people have never heard the whole broadcast, look it up, man. Mr. Uh, Paul yeah. Harvey, if I was the devil, and if I mean, you listen he predicts to the, yeah. what we're living right now is I, freaky. Yeah, it is a trip. See, I don't know. Back in the sixties. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's talking about metal detectors in schools and drug sniffing dogs going through our hallways in our schools. How would he know that in nineteen sixties? It's pretty wild. Yeah. First time he played it for me, I had the same reaction. I was like, man, that's crazy. It's confusing (laughs) at first because you're like, What? But then when you listen to it, I'm like, This is in sixty five. Yeah, he's saying this all. This is yeah. And his whole premise is, if I was the devil, I wouldn't change anything because it's all working. It's just the gonna, world is going. Yeah, it's going to unravel itself. That's the whole concept of his yeah. piece. Wow! And that's if you listen to the lyrics of the song, that's what the song's about. Is look what we're doing. You wow. know, let's check that out. Yeah. Mr. Harvey was right. Yeah, <laughs> he usually was. He usually yeah. Was. <laughs> well, you said you guys are looking to go in this weekend to start writing some more. When you guys get more songs together, you plan to just keep kind of doing like this one or two at a time? Or are you looking into, into Man, a full album at all? I want to do an album. Okay. I want to do a full album. But, you know, it, it's weird nowadays that, you know, you got you got so much social media and you got so many outlets to get music, like singles at a time. Right. And, and no one cares a, cares a rat's ass about an album anymore. But I want to do a fucking album. You know, I want to do an album. Yeah, and I actually want to put one on a fucking record. You know, but I want to do an album, and I think that the whole concept of the album thing is 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 it's going to be a, it's a lost art, and it's going to be one. It's, and I want to be a part of one before it's over. And I think it, uh, that's that's cool. I'd like to do that as we go as well. And we may roll some of these songs into a finished product like that. But we're in such a I want it now type of a demand the society to stay relevant, particularly as a unknown you know, local band trying to kinda of get bigger. Yeah. You know, you can't afford to like not have anything new to offer yeah. people in a year. You so gotta drop a single. Here. It has kind of been a strategy and really the record producer, record engineer we work with really kinda of gave us kind of gave me this insight of if you if you're putting out new stuff whether it's new videos, new music, new song, new content every couple months, it kind of keeps things fresh for people. Rather than, hey, I'm going to wait nine, ten months, you're not going to hear anything new. Ten it's new bands have already moved in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, and you've got stuff like the YouTube video, and, yeah. and there's always, uh, you know, you've got Reverb Nation, but I like what you're saying about you want to do an album, and you should, because that's what you want to do, and that will ultimately work out the best, I think, you know? Because that's what you really want to do. It's a dying art, man. Yeah, it is. Well, it's weird because it's going to appeal to people our age, but if you yeah. want that youth, you've got to have, like you said, singles all the time, so they'll pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's terrible. You know, like my daughter, I mean, she's 10, and 
she's always about getting uh, iTunes cards. And she's buying songs, you know? Games and songs. And I'm like, really? One song? Oh, when I was a kid, I couldn't live with myself <laughs> if I just bought one song. I wanted the whole thing. You could. Yeah. You, you could. could. You could set for two. Yeah. Or 45, yeah. you know. And you but, had to listen to the whole damn thing just for your song. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, uh, I remember a kid, you know, like we were going back to the Black Album. This kid was like, uh, he, he uh, one of Brandon Booth's friends, or he just skipped around to the singles. Mm-hmm. He didn't listen to anything else. I'm like, what are you doing? The non-single songs are the best fucking yeah. songs in the album, but right. and I just couldn't. I, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't handle that if I was, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, back in the day, we all had to make our own little iPod mixtapes, yeah. you know. Yeah. With, and we did, yeah, you know, we get did get to punch out the cassette so you can record on it, you know. <laughs> the little tab, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. You had to fill them up with paper. Oh, yeah, you had to put them yeah. 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 Man, that was the struggle. Tape over. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, you had man. to fill them up because they were punched out already. That's right. <laughs> that shit was funny. And then what we would take, we get those clear ones and you could unscrew them. If you were real careful, you could unscrew it, take the insert out, and then put like a custom insert in it and screw the cassette back <laughs> yeah. down. Be like, look, I got because I... We do like our band demos that way. <laughs> Cheesy as hell. <laughs> my, my, parents, my parents got me a radio for Christmas one year, and it had the, it had the, uh, it had a microphone. Yeah. And it had the, the cassette, and then the record. Yeah. So I figured out how to play and turn the microphone on and like loop it. Yeah. And record. So I was like playing oh, and yeah. singing on top of it. I was making mixtapes for the girls. <laughs> yes. It was terrible yeah. though. <laughs> If you ever awesome. find one of those, I want to hear it. <laughs> I hope they all got smashed. <laughs> <laughs> you can start a reverb. Yeah. Mm. Reverb Nation page oh, for your we'll just, do a whole video video of that just Dell's love songs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the worst ever written. I've got, some of the, I've got some of those old demos from like when I was 16 and stuff. And every once in a while, I'll listen to them and just laugh. And be like, this yeah. is the greatest stuff. Man, one of the first songs I've ever written. This is funny. One of the first songs I've ever written, I recorded on a, a guitar. With this machine we're talking about that I made. And I gave it to my grandma. And just recently, it was given back to me, that tape. Oh, yeah? Wow. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm I'm mortified. I don't want to hear it. My grandma's passed since, but she saved it. That's awesome. But it was given back to me, and I'm like, I'm not even going to listen to it. I'm going to keep it because it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) My grandma was like, that's probably, that's great. That's great, baby. Yeah. One day you'll have to break it out and listen. Yeah, she would have hit it with a hammer like that. Way. <laughs> yes. Well, the other day at the Vanguard, you mentioned you guys were looking into playing more out of town. Yeah. Have you guys done that much leading up to now? This no. last year we hit uh, we hit a couple of surrounding states. Went to Missouri. Went to Texas, Arkansas. We're trying. You know, yeah. we're we're not we're still relatively new. Right. So we're still building a network in terms of fellow bands in other regions and working with promoters in other regions. And we've got some things set up this year. Yeah. Um, we're going to be busy this year. Yeah. We really want to try to play Tulsa. I mean, I don't know if we'll get away with it, but, you know, three or four times this year. And, like, last year we played a lot. But, you know, you kind of got to get known as a, as kind of breaking out and kind of letting people know what you're going to be about and, uh, this year, I think we're going to try to go the opposite of, of play far less in town if we can. And we've turned down some good shows so far this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to mention which ones, but yeah. 
some friends of ours and some promoters in town that would have been shows we would have jumped on last year, but we really want to make the shows that we do special. We want them to be events, and we want people to, to come out and just wait for that show rather right. than, hell, I saw them two weeks ago. Or, yeah, or I'll see them I, next I, time. I see yeah. them. They're playing three weeks from now. I'll see them then. And, you know, it's, just, it's a lot to ask people to come out all the time like that. So traveling, I think, will allow us to continue to play live without over playing here. Yeah. yeah. What kind of practice schedule do you guys have? Do you guys practice a lot? Or if you have like a gig coming up, do you yeah. up it a little bit or Well Well we we used to practice a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you know, these guys can play these songs standing on their head in their sleep. So um since we're we're at where we are, we're at a we we we're actually on a break at the moment and we're going to go back to work. Like we talked about, you know, we're this week we're about to go back go back to work. So um, rehearsal is going to probably gear back up, you know, once a week, maybe, hopefully, maybe twice a week if we can get it. But uh, we're doing that for a while. because come come springtime, it's it's time to hit the road. Yeah, we and we went, you know, you you play so much, you get to where, you know, you just taking a break from playing those songs actually is good. You know, it may not sound like that, but then then you, if you take a couple weeks off from playing them, you come back to them fresh. Yeah. You know. Whereas if you're playing them several times a week at practice and then you're playing a show every week or several shows a week, you kind of just kind of get into like, it almost becomes autopilot, at least for me. I'm a, I don't know what Dale goes through, but I kind of just I'm get in into pain. I just get shit. it. It almost becomes <laughs> like, I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing, you know? And on one hand, that's cool. But on the other hand, when we take time off and we play them again, we're like, hell yeah, that sounds badass. That's you right. know, I like that too, you know? So then we we did we focused on the, those three new songs in the studio, and uh, that was right at the end of the year. And we're getting ready to go back. We could have write a couple more and probably be be back in the studio this spring. Okay, right on. That's cool. Do you have gigs lined up? Yeah, our right next now? show. Well, our next show that we have in town uh, that I'll mention is uh, April 9th. We're playing over at Billy and Renee's, their new place. Okay. You guys been over there yet? No, we're going yeah. Saturday to the... It's pretty cool. They did a good job with it. Uh, we And uh, we've got Skytown's going to play with us. Some okay. of our, our, our buds and our favorite one of our favorite bands play with in town. And um, Red Witch Johnny, you guys heard of them? I've heard the name, yeah. Good Gritty good. rock band. Good rock band. We're trying to get them out as much as we can and play with us and let people hear them because uh, they're really cool. And... Uh, Probably one other band. We haven't decided on on what band, but April 9th will be that day. So, what a you know, since we're on that one, what do you think of the Tulsa scene? You know, especially since you know you've well, you've been here five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know from way back, and then just now. I mean, what what are your thoughts on it now? And just as coming from outside. Well, I from <laughs> when I left Little Rock. Um, I, I may be a little bit older than you guys. I don't know. I'm gonna tell how old. You're I'm a lot older. Than <laughs> <laughs> I left. Uh, I left Little Rock in the late '80s and went to LA. I was gonna go be, you know, mm-hmm. the Hollywood rock star mm-hmm. like a lot of other people. And there were a whole lot of other people out there, yeah. and everyone was starving. And it was, it was fun. But um, so seeing that scene was kind of cool, you know, because you saw it on TV and all that stuff. And so in my mind, that's why I always try to compare the experience and the camaraderie that I saw with those bands. And I think we've got we've got a, a very healthy scene here. 
Um, from my opinion, there are some very talented musicians, and there are some very good bands. And we see that. Like when we travel, we went, we go to Kansas City or we go to Fort Smith or we go somewhere else, and you get paired with some of the other bands. Um, sometimes you're playing with some guys that are really good, great bands, great followings. But then you, you see the wide spectrum of what's out there. And I would say the, the venues here... And a lot of the promoters here do a really good job of putting shows together that are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's rare do I go to a show and go, wow, they, you know, I don't know why they had that band on the bill in Tulsa. But sometimes I go to other region, regions, you may see that. So I think it's been pretty good. And uh, I think there's op- always opportunities to, to, to get stronger and get better. Um, but, um, you know, there's a lot of things you'd like to see better in terms of like the bands like coming out and supporting each other a little more or working together instead of just hey, I'm gonna focus on my thing and not worry about anybody else you know sometimes uh, that doesn't that doesn't do uh, a lot for the entire scene across the board if everyone has that attitude then you know we're all we're, we're in it you know not not a lot of us gonna run out of here and be big time rock stars so we can make the scene a cool place and make this a, a you know, a, a place that everyone enjoys playing. <laughs> yes. And Eddie Van Halen's oh, pod. man, look, it's Jesus Fingers. <laughs> That's our record engineer, sorry. <laughs> you guys know Paul? <clears throat> Paul no, Odom? I don't think so. Uh-huh. He owns uh, Church Bigfoot Studios. Oh, okay, yeah. That's where we record. Kyle Williams was... Yeah, 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 Kyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah Smoke yeah. Offering over yeah. there, yeah. Forever and Discuss. Right. Recorded there. Right on. Yeah. Pool, pool. Yeah, their new stuff's pretty good. Yeah, they just recorded over there. It's really good. Really, right on. So, well, what are some bands? I mean, obviously you might not want to say because you don't want to leave someone out. But what are bands around here that you guys are digging? Besides ones you've already mentioned, like Red Witch. And... That means no one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking at I'm just fucking around. No, uh, no, man. There's We're some not good. Any of no, no, no. There's some really good. No, there's some really good bands, man. Uh, I like. I tell you what. I like some of the Tulsa. You were talking about the scene. Uh, Tulsa's got a lot of everything, and uh, Tulsa's a party town. Like it or not, it is. Yeah. And there's a little bit of everything, man. Um. Uh, what is Charlie? Uh, Full Flavor Kings. Have you ever seen the Full Flavor yes, Kings play? Yes, yeah. I love the Kings. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. man. They're still doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, who else, man? Fuck well, it. like, I mean, I mentioned Skytown. It's a band that Skytown we kind of hooked bomb. up with. And, uh, well, I'm just trying to think about Tulsa's. In bed. Like, have you ever seen uh, Tommy Crook play? Huh. I don't want to be sticking my foot in my mouth, but he used to play at Lanatai on 71st Memorial. Oh, wow. And he plays Big Hollow Body, and he just Chet Atkins style. And he's he's pretty, pretty, pretty badass. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Tulsa's got, like, from that, you know, to Full Flavor Kings, to Mm -hmm. Skytown, 
to dude, you know, we got hip hop. We're friends with the guy who owns uh, Mugen Production of Music, and he's trying to bring hip hop back. You know, not that it ever died, just you know, it, for Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So you know, Tulsa has it all. Yeah, and 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 whether we like it or not, Tulsa is is, is a city now, and. <laughs> You know, it's not Tulsa T-Town no more. It's Tulsa City, and it's it's big, and there's a lot of people here. So we there's a lot of people to touch, and there's a lot of music to be made, and we just got to find a way to fucking get it to all of them. And there's, I mean, you got great, you got some great bands that are just local. You got players that, that do stuff, you know, on a bigger scale. When did they, you play for Searching for Sanity? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. I know, I out. snuck that in on <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you also that you I'm gonna got, call Charlie. You got you've got these like open jams that are starting to gain momentum in town. You know, like the Nitro's doing one right now that a lot of guys are going to. And man, they got some players, man, that are they're they're tearing it up, and it's cool to see. But that's what we need is people go see this stuff. Yeah. You know, we got to get people excited and give them a reason to come out, and that's uh, that's kind of the million dollar question. Of how do you, how do you consistently get folks to do that? Well, I wear my scarf, a scarf, <laughs> and that should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, we had a feather boa back in the day, right? A pink one. A pink I didn't one. wear it though. But anyways, Heck yeah. Whatever it takes, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, what you're saying there is like uh, it, getting people out and then going back to kind of what you said earlier. You know, not oversaturating, mm-hmm. you know, in a way less is more. So I like the strategy of maybe yeah. scaling back, you know, what you're playing in Tulsa, make it more of a thing. Well, it's not even just about us. So I'll give you an example. You want to know, you want to know how to make this really cool? Now, bands ain't going to do this, so the, all you other bands can quit listening, but <laughs> if I was king of the Tulsa music scene, I know, I'm calling you out. You know what? Let's have like an event. So like every every four to six weeks, there's there's a rock hard rock event. You know what I'm saying? Right now we play. If we play a show, there may be two or three other rock or hard rock things going across town. That doesn't help anyone. Bands got to work together. Promoters got to be smart. You know? Okay, so this promoter over here's got hip hop going. This this band over here's got freak juice going, and then this band this venue over here's got, you know. A hard rock metal, you know, show. Community, man. You know, you build this community, but that takes work. That takes somebody, like, working with all these partners and, and coordinating all these things and getting these bands on board. You, If we could do something like that, you could start bringing out several hundred people to a show. But the way it is now, man, you're fighting over scraps because... 50 people are here and 30 people are over here and 15 people over here and, and there's five people over to, there hating yeah. everybody everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. And the rest <laughs> of the people outside, you know, you know, whatever. But that's that's a vision, you know. And and when I when I was in LA, that's the kind of stuff would happen. Really? Is it would be like big shows and then it would be weeks before another big show. I mean, they had a little LA's a big town, so they had other things going on. But the main places, that's what they were doing. Seattle, that's what was going on back then when Mother Love Bone was was tearing it up and those bands were coming up. They'd have these big events and they'd load a bill and then it'd be weeks before none of them would happen. And people would come out. Tulsa needs to do that. You can do it, man. You (laughs) You guys remember remember the shows at Mohawk? Yeah. Yeah. 
Man, what, what? Yeah. How like badass the, would that be? Like the Edge was, Fest and all that yeah, kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, stuff. we went to a ton of them. Yeah. Just, they used to have shows there all the time, just dude, book shows there. You remember, uh, you know, the it's floating amphitheater on the river? Oh, yeah. Dude, they sold that for like $500. I know, yeah, I know. And it's I'm crazy. Like, I saw so many shows there. I saw, I saw corn idiots. there, dude. And they fucking burned the place down. You saw, where, who'd you see? Open for Megadeth? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were at that. I was about to say. Is that when Fear Factor got in fight with yeah, security? And, and yeah, I was just about yes. to say, that's when all the idiots jumped in the. <laughs> yes. And they were like swimming towards Megadeth. Megadeth's like, I'm not going to play if you yeah. keep throwing stuff at me. We were there. Well, and you know, Dave, Dave Mustaine had to send the drummer out. All right, guys, you guys need to cool out and all this stuff. <laughs> so good. So, so many uh, awesome shows. Yeah, and the thing sold for 500 bucks. $500. I know. Well, I read that the reason it sold for so low was because whoever bought it was going to have to pay several thousands of dollars. To is it still it. sitting there? Yeah, I, I yeah, saw that too. It's probably that's, still sitting there. Funny. <laughs> so. so. You guys going to go see Lamb of God? Planning on it. Yeah, we're planning on it. Yeah. I was wanting to go to Anthrax. Got my tickets. Yes. Woo! See, Maybe she get a room. Arkansas, but I think it sold out. You going to take off really? the next day? Yeah, yeah if we get a room. We're going separate rooms. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I'm gonna hump you. Like, like, it's, a, it's, it's a week night, nice, so that makes it rough. It's on a Tuesday. Yeah, I believe it was on a Tuesday, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. That's awesome. So now I'm asking the questions. Who's you guys' radio influences? Radio influences. Yeah. This um, is why you guys do this, right? What got you into this? Uh, well, no, it's more just. Uh, a, I actually went to school for. Broadcast journalism, but I've never done anything with it. Oh. Yeah, like I work in graphic design and printing. Really, but, you know, it's just always been something I wanted to do. Yeah, and this is more just a thing of you know we've been friends since we were kids and we're mm-hmm. music geeks and we just talk about it all the time. Yeah. yeah. In the past couple of years, we just kept saying, "Hey, we need to start a podcast." Well, you know, ever since we were, I mean, I've we've known each other since we were elementary school, but. Since, you know, when you get to that 13, 14 and you start listening to music, we've been hardcore music geeks, metal kids, whatever. And in, what was it, like 20 years ago, we did like a little fanzine thing that you just go drop off at Starship. Yeah. yeah. You know, ourselves and, you know, do it on a computer and run copies of it and just do little record reviews or whatever. And, and we actually interviewed, do you remember Elwood? Yeah. 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 yeah, we we interviewed him for our fans. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we, That's, yeah. I think, the only interview we ever did. Yeah, and, uh, and then, um, so, but then, you know, uh, you know, stuff happens, and he went to college, and I, I played out in Tulsa for a few years with a band, and then um, that ended, and then, you know, work and jobs and kids yeah, and yeah. whatever. But this last couple of years, we thought, let's, you know, look at you know doing a website or whatever and uh we were like we need you know we're always listening to the eddie trunk podcast and the jamie Josta oh, show yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. right we could do this we could do this we could yeah. get like Tol- you know tulsa bands or we could just talk about shit and we're just like thinking yeah we'll do this well lo and behold this motherfucker one day oh well, i bought a i bought a microphone so <laughs> we're doing it yeah, yeah we're doing it so cool. we've done 40 of them so far so I've, I've caught quite a few of them. I, yeah, yeah, I joined your nice. page this week. I haven't got the chance to listen, but man, you guys got a good following. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I just I hope it keeps growing. I'm I'm glad we've gotten what we've gotten, you know. And it's uh, it's really cool. I do. I never thought I'd be get to sit in a fucking tour bus with Kirk Winstein. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fucking believe it, you know. But 
So how you guys get that? How does that happen? You just walk up and say, "Hey man, we're doing podcasts." <laughs> yeah, this is Hook the guy, up. really. This just is the guy. Search out people's press contacts and oh, yeah, email yeah, anyone yeah. that's in the area, and you know, most of them don't reply, but every once in a while, yeah. someone replies and says, "Sure." Yeah, I mean, I've really? seen, you guys yeah. have done some yeah. some really cool ones. And as soon as you got two or three of them, then you can say, "Hey, we did this." And you this, got some credit then. It's easier, yeah. Easier. Well, then yeah. you guys, I saw the Metal Edge thing picked you up yeah. on the was it the Warrant one? Yeah, crowbar. I saw the crowbar. Crowbar. And crowbar. Sid said, "Fault from Overkill." Now that was one. I know the first one I heard was because I'm like that. It was pretty long, right? Yeah. It was, was it a two part thing? Yeah. So I'm like, I want to listen to this. Talk. Yeah. Great guy. And it was amazing to have. Him sit right there. Yeah, I wanted to hear like, it. Yeah, so you know, but the guy can talk. You know, he loves to talk, and mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. But the thing is, is the with social media and different yeah. outlets nowadays, these guys that probably wouldn't twenty years ago are more than happy to talk to just a local podcast. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we kind of got lucky on that deal. And then I saw you guys did one with Scatter Hamlet. That was probably the night we played with yeah. them. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Man, those guys were fun. Oh, those, yeah. yeah the, they all five did it, and they're all really cool, and it was a fun one, yeah. We had a fun night that night. It was and a good then, time. You know, after show. the show, everybody hung out. Yeah. And good guys, man. I mean. Except that band that jumped in their bus and took off, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Adam Adam called him out on yeah, stage. He did, but yeah, I, he did. Who was that? That Prophets of Addiction. The, they jumped in their bus? Oh. Like, as soon as they finished, they packed oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Well, that guy used to play. He was in Preboy Fluid for a minute. That's what he what? told me. Oh, and really? I was like, well, let me tell you. I said, I was at the... They said, you, you don't know this, but I was at the Roxy at the Pretty Boy Floyd CD release party. I said, you were not there. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the band. In he, was, he was like yeah. in a later iteration. Yeah. Right. So the profits of it. Yeah, they did. They split pretty quick. Well, I looked That's it up crazy. and they were playing Denver yeah. at like three the next afternoon. So yeah. I guess they probably just cut drove on slack, man. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? That's real rock and roll, man. And that it, yeah. it's it's pretty eye opening that these guys are they're going town to town trying to scratch out. Hey, will you please buy a CD so we got some gas money? Which the guy said on stage. You guys remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were basically, I mean, almost like begging the 15 people that were there, the 20 people that were there. I bought early. one, dude. They were like, would you guys please be sure to help us out, buy some stuff? I and bought it. It's pretty sobering, man. Yeah. You I really bought a t-shirt and it. gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty cool dudes, though. I mean, I No, just, but I, I support them, dude. Them I know. Bit. Yeah, I, I supported them, but I bought it and then someone wanted it, so I gave it to them. Yeah. Well, hey, at least they, you helped them get to the next town. I forgot Hopefully. about that, though, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they made it to Broken Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked to Wino when they played mm-hmm. Downtown Lounge, and he was saying the same thing. You know, it's like, I mean, that dude's a legend. And mm-hmm. they're just in a little van mm-hmm. driving from town to town, making enough money to support their way. Yeah, Were you guys there the other night? Karabi played there? Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. That guy. He got like in the first yeah. verse of that song, and I was the first song I was like, That dude is the real deal, yeah. man. Yeah. He yeah. is the and super nice, hung out with, talked to everybody. And, yeah, you yeah, to meet him. Uh, yeah, that's like one of the that Motley Crue album he was on. That's like one of our favorite records that was it, of all man. time ever. That's that's Motley Crue. That was Motley Crue to me, man. Yeah, yeah that changed the game for that's me, right. too. Were you at that Mohawk? Yeah, I was. I was like, Dude, probably was like standing like from. Me to that stove, and I was like, we were all like, hey, hey, 
He was just standing there drinking a beer, you know. Act like we were there. I was like, you little motherfucker. And then, you know, and then they get on stage, and you remember all hell breaks loose. Yeah. People, yeah, we had to pass in the chair. Yeah, Tommy's like, well, just break the fucking chair wall down, and they break it down for real, and they come running on stage. A buddy bar still has the chair. Yeah. Really? Or he just walked out with the chair and mm. yeah. Man, we were for right, a souvenir, I guess. <laughs> we were right there in front of the speakers, like just to the right of the stage. Wow. And dude, they had to be the TU football team because they had the, the jerseys on stuff, but dude, these guys were monsters and they're just like wading through people like Whoa. they were trying to get to the front of the stage and they're just like knocking fools down. I was like, I saw them coming, we were all ducking down and but they come up there and was like Managing the people that were running up on the wow up on the stage, but that was insane. Typo Negative played in yeah. King's X. Yeah, oh, dude, that was yeah. an amazing show. I love King's X. That yeah. was like three just amazing fucking bands. Oh my god, three bands completely different from each other, but it was just amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I heard one of your podcasts recently. There was quite a controversy about Typo Negative on one of them. What it was? Oh, <laughs> that was the Forever in the Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you know, we had we had like. Uh, both bands were there yeah, and so yeah. it was like eight guys or something and you know half of them liked type of negative yeah. the other half hated them so they started oh yeah is there arguing over yeah. it yeah <laughs> that's they awesome. were making fun of Pete, Peter Steele and all kinds of stuff it was great but I'm a huge type of negative fan but man anyways, yeah me too that's cool I love them they're a good band but yeah I mean yeah yeah that's awesome there's a ton of good shows back in the day mm-hmm. man that shit don't happen no more nah it doesn't yeah. It doesn't. And that, you know, that's why we talked about this earlier. Like, just the show the other night, the Trivium show, that felt like one of those shows from, like, when we were a kid. Because, mm-hmm. like, I told him, it was sold out Saturday night. There's a lot of people that I recognized. It was there. an event, man. It was, yeah. exactly. And what I thought was really cool was it wasn't Trivium a bunch of other, it was, like, locals. Yeah. And uh, that was, that was just, uh, that had a vibe to it for sure. Hey, you guys had Enslaved by Fear in here? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Man, those, those I guys, talked to Brax. Yeah, you talked to Brax. They killed it the other night, man. Yeah. No, he's a friend of ours. Stuff, man. Yeah. I'm proud of Brax and his crew, man. We've we've seen them come a long way from when they first kind of came on. and yeah. um, They were at that Rocklahoma with us that year. And, um, he's yeah, I saw they were doing like full-on... Swings around the West Coast and East Coast. Man, yeah, man. He's they just, really... Yeah. He's, he's they're working their asses off. I'm happy for those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think we got there. I think we got there during Lesson Human. Yeah, we didn't see them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they opened. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, Machine opened. Okay. Well, machine yeah, we missed the Machine in the Mountain. Yeah. And, and Slave Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were... Uh, another good band. Another good local band. Unique, yeah. you know... Dual guitar, yeah, you know, kind of. You got the, 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 the cool all the chord changes they do, and the Iron Maiden dual leads, and all that. It's cool, man. I, I like what those guys do. Right on, right on. Well, did you see any other, uh, anything else in L.A. in the late '80s of note, or anything badass? Man, here's the reality. It was like toast and chicken noodle soup every day, and you're like. <laughs> You know, it's a str- it was the struggle was real as they say. The cool thing though was that the I can remember going down and uh going like hanging outside the Grisarios or, or the Roxy or something and you'd see you know, bands you grew up listening to, Faster Peacat or and the Bullet Boys and and bands like that that were just hanging out, man. Just like we hang out at the shrine. Yeah. You know, everybody's sitting out on the patio. Yeah. Same thing. 
And, you know, kid from Little Rock, Arkansas, that was pretty damn cool. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's kind of stuck with me. And while, like, even today, like, in Tulsa, I, I try to, we try to be pretty supportive of all the bands in town. Even, you know what, maybe what you're doing is not my thing, but I'm going to respect you and I'm going to support that you're doing your thing. And I just, that, that whole sense of community and kind of like supporting each other is important to me. And I, I think, I think that's something I, I really wish we could yeah. really continue to move forward on. Yeah. Yeah. It's important for sure. Well, man, ultimately it's, it's about what we create, you know, and that's one element that we have a little influence on. Mm-hmm. So. Right on. Cool. You got anything else? I think we, we covered it all. We covered a little bit more, so. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, okay. hey, man, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. And, uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll be looking for you guys. I'll even leave the search and for sanity comment in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we love those guys. It's all good. No, they're good dudes, man. <laughs> there you go, Dell and CJ from Grind. Great talk. Great hearing about these guys' backstories and what they're doing now and what they're looking forward to doing. You know, it's great to just get into some random music talk there towards the end about, you know, some of the stuff we grew up loving and some of the concerts we've seen. You know, we saw a lot of the same ones as Dell and CJ obviously had some of those different experiences out in California. Yeah, it was uh, uh, super fun. And uh, those are my, it's the favorite parts is just to get the, to talk about random bands and music that, you know, you dug growing up. Uh, that's where you connect. So it was really cool. Yeah, search these guys out on Facebook. Just type in Grind, and if it doesn't come up, I know it's We Are the Grind. I think is the the full the full website address. And you can also find them, like I said earlier, on Reverb Nation. Hit them up on Facebook. Find out when they're playing. They're playing here in Tulsa this coming April. And in the meantime, they're looking at booking some shows out of town, like they talked about. So this is definitely a band that I think is well on their way because they've got a they've got a great sound that isn't as common, you know, in this day and age, and I think it's great. So yeah, and they've got a good strategy, I think. Yeah. So we hope to hear more from them, and I assume we hope to have them back again someday as well because, like we talked about, great dudes, easy to talk to. Oh yeah, definitely. Just to talk about random, uh, random, you know, band and music shit. Yep. Once again, thethunderunderground.com. Find all our previous podcasts. Find some reviews. Jason just did a review for this past week for Megadeth, the new album Dystopia. And we've got tons of other reviews from other albums and other bands from around the area. Once again, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you sharing this with all your friends. And until next time... (laughs) 